my name is Vince Antunes. Um, many of you know me as the person that's completed the Grand to Grand more times than anybody else. Um, and I'm also the owner and president of Trail Toes. And um, I currently live in San Antonio, Texas, and um, I'm retired. And right now, all I really do is Trail Toes and all of the affiliate um, businesses that I have associated with Trail Toes. Nice. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat today, Vincent. I really appreciate it. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, we'll anything definitely. I can do to help, anything I can do to help out Tess and Colin in the in the um, in the Grand to Grand uh, community. For sure, and I, I definitely want to talk about um, your, your five time finish at um, at Grand to Grand, but we'll save that as a little uh, treat later on in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that you're the the owner of Trail Toes. You want to give like a, a brief description of what it is and um, how it came about. Yeah, so Trail Toes was actually, it um, came out of um, a 2013 deployment to Afghanistan, and I was uh, providing medical support um, in, airbag, in flying airbag missions in support of operations in Afghanistan. And um, there was a company that sold a, a product for foot and body care um, for runners that I used, but it went off the market. And while I was in Afghanistan, I decided that um, I needed to fill the void of the product that, that left the market because I used that product and loved it. And so while I was in Afghanistan, I got a hold of um, some um, manufacturers and said, can you make this product? And they said, yes. And so um, I started it again. At, actually, I started it the day before my birthday, June 7th. Uh, uh, 2013 is when Trail Toes was born. And one of the reasons we used the tag, or I used the tag, um, Battles Blisters Better, is because it was actually, the company was actually formed in battle. So that's why I used that ta that tagline. Yeah, I'd say Afghanistan is a pretty extreme environment to be testing product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you well, also actually, did a lot that's of... Where I got, that's actually where I got my first product and didn't like it and sent it back to the manufacturer. So I actually did test the original product in Afghanistan. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then, um, and then, from what I know, you also tested product at Grand to Grand the first year you ran it, right? Uh, the first or second year? It was the first year that they had Grand to Grand. I, can't, I keep forgetting. I think it was. If it, it might have been the first year, but or the second year. But anyway, so actually, the reason I ended up doing um, testing it at Grand to Grand well is because it's a great environment. Probably one of the most I mean, I've run a lot of the stage races throughout the world, and Grand and Grand is some of the toughest terrain. Um, I I compare it to Marathon de Sable easily, uh, if not more, uh, if not worse, just because of all the sand and the climb and all that stuff that they have at Grand and Grand. Um, so it just so happened that I got my so I had sent back two two other samples back to the manufacturer because I didn't like them. They were too thin or they had a scent or something like that. And I just didn't want that. And so the reason I ended up taking, and I wouldn't matter what it was because I would have taken it to grand to grand and tried it anyway, but this happened to be the product that I got. They sent me two, two ounce jars of a sample and it was like a week or two weeks before. So I didn't have a chance to try it anyplace else. So I literally got these two, two ounce jars of the sample and I said, well, 
it's either <laughs> it's either do or die. <laughs> and so I took it to Grand Grand with me, and and I used it, and actually gave it to some other people too to try as well. I didn't have much to give out, but I I let other people try it, like between their legs and on their feet and stuff like that. And everybody really liked it. Um, I used it, and I I did get two small little blisters on small on on the outside of my small toes, but I, it was nothing compared to what I could have had, and so. I said that was the formula, and that's what I I went with, and it's been the same formula ever since. Um, yeah, your your testing protocol kind of goes in like I don't know, it, it kind of goes into the face of uh, <laughs> what you're not supposed to do on race day of trying something new. Yeah, and I, as a matter of fact, when I when I give foot care classes, I always tell people and say I'm going to give you samples, but please don't take this sample out and use it on your first race day, but. You know, I trust it enough that now I don't like if somebody tries it now, you know, I'm, I'm OK with them trying it the first time because I've done that. And, you know, I've used it on every race since 2013 and it's been used all over the world. And, um, you know, Ray Zahab has taken it all over the place. And, you know, he told me that one time it was all melted and it didn't matter. He just put his finger on it and put wherever he needed. It was all it was it was like water, but he still put his finger in, just slabbed it where he needed it, and it worked just fine. It's been used in Arctic environments and everything else, and it's helped with not just chafing, but also with like chill blains and cracked and dry te- uh, lips and stuff like that. So, you know. yeah, I guess for the people that don't know, Ray's he's all all over the world all the time. Right. Right? He's done some Arctic expeditions, hot deserts, kind of everything. Baffin Island and, you know, Death Valley and China and the Sahara Desert and stuff like that. Him and Stefano are just crazy people. Uh. <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff that they do is just kind of mind-boggling. I feel like there's a lot of time out there. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Lisa doing the Badwater Quad and, you know, just crazy <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, some of these people, the, the ideas they come up with and the execution of it is pretty insane. Like, it's it's inspiring, but also like, how do you even get these ideas to do such crazy things? Well, Lisa's getting ready to launch something soon. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not really at liberty to say what it is, but she's getting ready to do something pretty badass. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to follow her thinking like the May or I think it's the May time frame. So that would be interesting for future. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun to follow along once you figure out what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that you um, you teach some classes on like foot care, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, I was a university professor. I taught uh, the for the inter service PA program for the military for three and a half years. I taught tactical medicine for three and a half years, and I just recently taught for two years, a little under two years, at the University of North Texas at their PA program. And I love teaching. It's one of the I think as a you know, especially as you get older and you have more experience, the best thing you can do is you pass on what you know to other people. And I'm passionate about foot care, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't do what I do. But I'm also an orthopedic PA, too. So I have a doctorate of science in orthopedics from Baylor University. And so it, it transcends just like foot taping and things like that. It goes way beyond that. Um, and so I, I love teaching the classes. And, and I always encourage people like, you know, if you like, especially at Grand to Grand, if you ever want to pull me aside, pull me aside and I'll sit down and go get a, get a bunch of people together and we can go over the first aid kit, whatever's in the first aid kit and, uh, and, and talk about how to use everything and when to use it and, and uh, when not to use it, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the first aid kit, because you provide all the, the first aid kits that every participant gets. 
but like I've been out to Grand to Grand many, many times. Granted, not in the not not running, but just out there filming and shooting. But like I actually don't know what's in in that kit. Could you kind of break it down for us? Yeah, I can actually. The the I used to so I have two. Actually, I have three different first aid kits now. But the kit that I give out to the to every runner, along with um, some samples of the other creams as well, every runner gets it. Um, but the this this is a smaller first aid kit that fits nicely in your running vest or in your backpack and things like that. It's very small. And I came up with this. Um, I always forget his, I always forget if it's his first name or his last name, but it's, it's why it's something either first or last name he used to do the Colorado 200. He wrote me, he's like, Hey, I really like your first aid kit idea, but I want something smaller for people that are doing the Colorado 200. And so I came up, I'm very good at packing. I'm, you know, I'm a soldier and uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, you know, a medical provider. And so I have to carry as much as I can in my backpack uh, that will provide the best care for my patients with the small, the smallest amount of equipment and the lightest weight. And so I sat down, let me backtrack. The original first aid kit that I came up with, um, I, when I was teaching at the inner service PA program and I, and I start and and I wanted to to have a first aid kit. People are like, well, if you sell a first aid kit, why do you? Or if you sell a, a foot and body cream, why do you need a first aid kit? And I'm like, well, because it's inevitable. <laughs> and so I should be prepared for it. And so I had a I, I do sell a, a larger first aid kit. And the, the way I came up with it was, I mean, I worked with uh, PAs uh, from the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Coast Guard. Um, and I also worked with some doctors as well. And I walked in with a bunch of stuff and I threw it on the table and I said, Hey, I want to make a small first aid kit. Can you guys help me? All of these people have been deployed in multiple areas throughout the world. And so we came up with, they kind of provided guidance, uh, with what I should put in the kit. And that's why the larger kit has what it has in it. And the small kit is pretty much the same thing, but just a smaller numbers. And basically, the um, the kit comes with um, uh, it comes with three uh, ten gram packets. It used to be seven gram packets of the of the the original trails to the original trail toes cream. It has um, two types of tape. It has a hypofix tape, which is a retention tape, and it's um, usually the white tape. And a lot of people use that, like on their shoulders, the smaller backs. They'll use it on their nipples and things like that. And it has um, some uh, KT tape. And the reason I like KT tape is because KT tape is um, lightweight, breathable. It has really good adhesion. And it's good to go around toes and around, around the foot itself. The retention tape does too. It's just not as malleable as the KT tape is. It has benzoin swabs, two benzoin swabs. And what benzoin is, it's just a skin adhesive. If you've ever cut yourself and they put Steri-Strips on you, they usually put benzoin down first because it helps the Steri-Strip stick. And that's what benzoin does. And there are other types of um, skin adhesives, but benzoin is by far the best. It has a really nice uh, aromatic smell to it, too. Um, I, I like it. Some people are, get nauseous from it, but I really like it. Um, it also has um, alcohol pads to clean the wound. It has um, uh, antibiotic ointment, um, a triplet antibiotic ointment to put over um, open wounds. Um, two by twos. Also has a needle, 
uh, sterile needle to do like trephination and trephination just means make holes in things. And like for people with sub uh, with subungal hematomas or um, blood uh, blisters underneath the toenail to put little holes at the base of the toenail works really well rather than poking a hole in the top of the skin, which is what most people do. Um, you can trephinate or put holes in it and not that pins for that. It also has a big safety pin kind of for the same reason. Um, but people generally use it, that just to lance the blisters. And um, it has uh, uh, another three by, uh, uh, I think it's a two, three by five inch um, plastic, uh, resealable plastic bag. That's for the extra cream. Like if you didn't use all the cream, you could put it in there because the cream doesn't reseal yet. Although I'm working on getting resealable um, packets for the cream. And uh, or for the benzoin swab, if you don't use because a lot of this, the benzoin will have extra benzoin in the packet. And so you can just you, if you don't use it all, you can put it back in the packet and hopefully later on you'll have some for later use. And I the two by twos, uh, alcohol pads, antibiotic. I have to kind of do it like I pack it. <laughs> Pens, needles, extra bag. Uh, benzoin in the cream yeah so that's what it has in it and uh, i do have other kits and they just have more of that stuff in it no more um we there was talk about putting medication in there and things like that but then we there was worries about um you know if somebody had a reaction to the medication you know i was kind of even oh also has a little piece of moleskin in there uh as well the problem with moleskin is most people don't know how to use moleskin and so they end up using it wrong and we just have one little patch in there that you can use to cut around your the, your blister and put it over the top of it, and then put KT tape or the the hyperfix tape over the top of that. So that's a little more involved than a, a piece of duct tape and a shot of whiskey or something. Yeah, uh, I, we would have done that though. <laughs> <laughs> so the larger ones, though, I'm adding things like scissors and other things as well. They're not in there just yet, but I. I'm trying to find the right pair of scissors that will work for them because it's sometimes hard, like to, to cut the tape the way that you want it and things like that. But at least it's in there for you to have. So, yeah, definitely. So if you could just real quick, um, maybe like one minute, like 60 seconds real quick, like what would you do? Like if somebody like was out on like stage two or three out in the middle of nowhere and had a hot spot, like how could they use that medical kit to kind of alleviate some of the pain or the discomfort? So first thing to do is sit down, take off your shoes and your socks and let your feet air dry first. That's the very first thing to do, because if you do anything and your skin, your skin is still wet or macerated, you're, you're not going to do yourself any benefit. So just take a take like five minutes and let your feet air dry. It's the first thing you want to do. And then depending on what it is, if it's just a hot spot, then I might just do nothing other than put more cream over the top of it and maybe put some inside the sock as well uh, to help because they kind of work in, in, in concert together, and that will help reduce some of the shear forces because most hot spots are started by shear forces, okay? And so now if it's worse and it's a blister, it depends on the type of blister, where it is and how big it is, but I might put holes in it. I might, and when I say to put holes in it, most people will just put one hole in it or they'll cut the bottom of the blister. And I don't recommend cutting it because then that then will lift up and become a flap. What I generally tell people to do is do a cross. So put a hole this way and through the other side, and then this way through the other side. That way you have four holes, and um, it will allow, like when you walk in pressure, 
it will allow that fluid to, to kind of spit out. And then you got to make up your mind. Generally, what I would just tell people to do is um, at that point, I would just put some benzoin down. I would clean it with alcohol first. Or before I put the holes in, I put alcohol down first. Then after I put the holes on, I put benzoin down. And then I put the tape over it. And it will depend on where it is as to which tape I would use, the benzoin or the, the KT tape or the, um, the, the hyperfix tape. But if it's a rounded area, like around your foot or your toe or something like that, I would use the KT tape. If it's a flatter area, I would use the, the hyperfix tape. Okay. Yeah, that makes Probably a lot of sense. Than a uh, <laughs> it's about a minute, right? Like, <laughs> we'll go with averages. I, I have to give my, my, I'm, I'm usually a little bit more verbose just because I, I, I think about it like in more detail. So. Yeah, definitely. No, that's really interesting. I've never heard about the, the kind of X pattern there as far as yeah. like seen the blister. So a lot of times, like, it's really interesting. Like, if you go do, like, Nine Megan, for instance, like, Nine Megan is the Four Days Force March in, in, in Holland. And it's, you know, people talk about races here. 60,000 people do that event. Huge event. But, like, if you go to one of their medical tents, a lot of times what they do is they de-roof the whole blister. They just take it off, depending on how severe it is. And then what they do is they put layers of tape down um and they use a special like a leuco tape kind of kind of uh thing to redo the surface of your foot basically is what they're doing and um you know that's a bit extreme for us because you know we we're out there for a longer period of time and so uh you know it's that that can be a little problematic if you take all, all the skin off and i think the skin allows for some protection so I always recommend that, but later on, like if it's further on in the race and you're almost done, maybe and you're having problems, that's probably what I would recommend doing. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I guess like before people even get to the point of having a, a massive blister where they have to stop their race, um, even temporarily, like what can people do to prevent it? Because like I see a lot of people just like I wear this and I never have blisters. I do that. I do that. So everyone has different opinions, but like what's kind of your view on it? <laughs> Well, I think eventually at some point, I don't care who you are, depending on what distance you're going, at some point you're going to get chafing, you're going to get abrasions, you're going to get a blister. It's going to happen. I don't care who you are. Um, and I, I think it's kind of what you just said. If I feel a hot, if you feel a hot spot, what, was you, what should you do? Stop and take care of it as soon as possible before it becomes a blister. The problem is, is that most people will be like, ah, oh, it's just a stone in my shoe. I'll do it at the next restaurant or I'll do it. at." But by then it's too late. You already got a blister. So as soon as you feel something that's abnormal, you should stop and take a look at it. Now, you know, everybody wants to win, but only one person wins. But if you finish, you won. So I, I, I was doing what I was doing the race. I think it was Egypt. I think it was the Sahara race when it was still in, in Egypt. I was there, and this guy this guy showed up. He was from, like, Nebraska or something like that. And I had done, like, three or four stage races by then. And he's like, so I'm like, have you ever done a stage race before? And he's like, no. I said, so how do you think you're going to do? He's like, oh, I'll be in the top three. And I said, you're going to be out by day three. And he was out, actually, by day two. Because he ran so hard that he, you know, he's like, I, I'm going to run, 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 run. And I'm not going to listen to my body. And by the time it was all over with, by the, by, by the second day, his feet were so bad that th there was nothing to do for him. 
there's another guy out of Brazil, same thing. This guy was a this guy was a phenomenal like stud. You just looked at me like that guy's gonna win. He was out by day three, and he was so bad. He let his feet get so bad that they had to fly him to a hospital. He was on IV antibiotics for three days before they released him from the hospital. So listen to your body. If you feel something, it's not a stone in your shoe, brother. It, it's a blister for me. Stop and take care of it. I, I've seen guys, whole feet. I was in China. Whole guy, Guy's foot just de-roofed from the whole, like, from the, the distal end all the way to the heel. Just the whole thing just de-roofed. I was like, you're done. <laughs> You know, so, but again, I mean, you got to, you got to pick your poison. If you want to win, then, you know, be ready to suffer. And, and if you can't suffer, then stop and take care of them. You know, I'm a slow guy. I'm an old fat, slow guy. I I cross a river. I'm going to take my shoes and my socks off and I'm going to change into my, my five fingers, vibrant five fingers. I'm going to cross a river. I'm going to stop, change up, dry my feet off, put my socks back on, put my shoes back and put a little bit more cream on put my shoes and socks back on, I'm going to finish, okay? Those races are expensive to leave day three or four, so. <laughs> yeah, if you add up the cost per mile when you uh, you bail on day two, it gets expensive pretty fast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about the moisture aspect because I think a lot of people come into Grand to Grand and there's like, oh, it's the desert, so it's just dry, dusty, and hot, which it is. But also, like, Kanab can get these um, kind of like monsoon storms where it dumps rain. Like, one year... One of the washes was flowing moderately, so people got wet. Like it wasn't dangerous by any means, but people right, right. got wet. So, like, is that a, a good tactic? Do you think to remove your shoes, especially for a multi-day race, if you're going to be crossing a stream or something? That—that's my opinion. I mean, why, why, why? If you're, like uh, my friend John Sharp just went to Alaska and they showed him how to walk through water and waders. Why, why are you going to wear the extra or carry the extra weight, even if it is in your sled? Why are you going to carry that extra weight for having waders? If it doesn't provide some benefit, you know, if you're day three or four and your feet are already starting to break down and then you go into water and they're macerated, you don't change out your socks, your feet are just going to get, you're going to get trench foot and any blister or hot spot that you had is just going to get worse. So in my, that, that's my opinion. I, I mean, I, again, I've run, you know, on just, I've run on every continent except for Australia and I've done the same thing every time. And I've never, the most I left was maybe one or two small blisters, usually on my small toes because, you know, shoes or something like that. But, you know, I never had any bad blisters. Um, I've had some, you know, under my toenails and things like that, but that's kind of inevitable, especially going downhill and things like that. You're going to get those subungal hematomas. And so, you know, but again, if your feet are wet and they're wet for a long period of time, you're going to end up with problems. I don't care who you are. That's, yeah, I guess it's, that's my this is biology, right? Like, yeah. You kind of can't uh, can't fake out Mother Nature too much. I mean, there there are some studs out there that are just like you know they're phenoms, and that's but they're that's not everybody. That's like a percentage of the people. Most people are going to have problems. So, but I would just say, listen to your feet, listen to your body. If you feel something that's out of the ordinary, you know, I did yeah. one year. I one year I had. So one year, <laughs> oh, this is kind of embarrassing, actually. So one year, so one year, I, I didn't have a problem with my feet, but I had really bad uh, butt chafing. And it was because I went to the bathroom and didn't, re I, I cleaned myself with wet, wet wipes and didn't reapply cream. And it got, and I was, I didn't listen to myself because I was, I'm almost to the stop. 
And by the time it was all over with, I, I literally couldn't wear underwear or shorts. And I had my T-shirt. I had my shirt. I was wearing it like a sarong. Is that what it's called? Like where you wear like a, a thing around your waist, kind of like mm-hmm. a whatever i don't you know like a like a skirt i was wearing my 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 long sleeve shirt as a skirt because i couldn't wear pants (laughs) oh my gosh it's embarrassing but i'm sure we've all been in that situation before and (laughs) it happens to the best of us you know yeah something that you got me thinking about and is this kind of pacing matters in stage races so much because it's a multi-day event and like if you're just going to run like a half marathon, you just want a PR, like that's great. And you can probably push through a blister. There's no point in stopping, but if you had to do that again the next day and the next day and then run even longer the next day, everything just kind of amplifies and gets worse and worse. And you're not just done like the end of the half marathon. Well, what the, the interesting thing about, about Grand to Grand is one of the longest days is the first day. I mean, that's the second longest day, I think, if I remember it. I think it's like 30-something miles long. All the rest of them are yeah. like 26 or something like that. It, other than the long stage, was 50-something. But but uh, the, the first day, and the problem with the first day is everybody's all pumped, and it's all open. Like, the first day is all open, and it's fairly – it's fairly flat for the most part. There's one part at the end, which I really hate the end before you go to the first or the last rest. I just hate that. On that hill, you can see the, anyway, the personal thing. <laughs> but, but because every time I go there, I always, there's rattlesnakes up in the, up in the little side of the mountain, especially by the time I get there. But anyway, so, but that first day is really long. And so it, it seems, and it's flat. So people are like, oh, I'll just fly through it. And a lot of people end up with blisters on the first day because they, they're like, oh, I'll be there soon. Yeah, you'll be there soon, but you got five more days <laughs> of running. So pay attention. That's what I say. And gators are really important, too. I think gators are really important. So people that don't wear gators are crazy. Yeah, like, I mean, personally, like I, I rarely wear gators. But that being said, if I were to run grand to grand, I would because of all the pokey plants and all the sand and just there's just so much out there. And if yeah. it's just a single day thing, it's fine. But like when you're out there day in and day out and, and dirty, you need to protect your feet and your ankles as much as possible. Because even if those things aren't causing blisters, they're just extremely irritating. Yeah. And it, it's frustrating. And out, yeah. You just have to stop and clean out your shoes all the time and stuff like that. You know, it's just a pain. So I think gators are really important too. So. Yeah, I would agree. And that's something like kind of off topic, but I think people should experiment with a little bit beforehand. Like, okay. I'm going to wear my gaiters and see how they impact my, my feet, my ankles. Like, can I adjust them a little bit just to kind of find the best case scenario for yourself? Well, one of the problems is, is that people, because they don't experiment with their stuff, you mentioned it earlier was moisture. Like, um, one year, uh, one guy brought out a bunch of parachute, um, uh, material and was making people, uh, you know, homemade, um, gators with this parachute material. Problem is, it doesn't breathe, and so your feet are sweating inside this parachute material. And as a result of that, you're actually kind of you can exacerbate a problem that maybe wasn't there to begin with. And so you got to be careful what you do and how you do it and what material you use because it all just everything matters. And like you said, I like I would never recommend anybody try anything for the first time on a big event like that. Um, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time and I've been on, like I said, many events. And so I'm not afraid to try something new just because I, I trust myself 
and because I trust, you know, I'm a military trained guy and, you know, I've been in some pretty intense places. And so I, I, I trust myself to do that, but I wouldn't recommend that to everybody for sure. Yeah. I'd say definitely stick with the old adage of not trying new things on race day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about that though, too. Like if you're going to use like parachute material for gators, like it, it is going to be like a humidifier on your feet all day. But on, I guess on the same hand or the same principle, like if you're wearing, say, a waterproof shoe, it may sound good in, when you're at home because it's like, okay, it's going to block all the sand and all the stuff from getting in. But at the same time, your foot is going to sweat more and get hotter. You're just going to have like a little bath of, this sounds gross, like a bath of sweat that you're running in all day again and again and again. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the other things people don't do is that they'll bring one pair of socks because they're worried about weight. You know, they'll bring one pair of socks and so they'll wear the same pair of socks, which is just like putting sandpaper on every single day, you know. And so one of the things I bring a, a new pair of socks for every day, I change my socks every single day. Uh, and the other thing people don't will what they'll do is like they'll tape their feet and then they'll go to sleep in that tape. The problem is, is that if they had a blister, that blister is is draining their serosanguineous drainage underneath there and so all it's doing is saying staying wet all night and so what i tell people to do is take that stuff off at night make sure you get up a little bit earlier and retape everything in the morning you know because otherwise you're just sitting in in filth and you know not not now, now it's dirty now it's trapped so now you got dirt getting in those wounds and things like that and that's going to cause problem so yeah, I guess thinking about that too, like I've, I've noticed in like the multi-day things that I've done that if I, this sounds gross too, but it's like you're trying to save time and be efficient. So if you wear those socks and go to bed wearing those socks you've worn all day, they're damp and your feet are cold and they're just sitting like at a cold, like cold moisture all night and that can cause issues. So it's always good to remove those socks, let your feet dry. And if you are going to put on new socks, make sure they're the dry, clean ones. Yeah. Well, or the other thing, if you want to be economical, what you can do is, um, you can give up some of your water, which, you know, you're really not supposed to use your water for anything other than drinking, but you can give up a little bit of your water to clean out, like bring two pairs of socks, try and clean one out, let it dry, put it on your backpack and carry it that day and then try and get all the sand out of it and switch it out that way. Like people that do like, um, uh, you know, the race across te Tennessee, whatever that one is, the hots or whatever the, what's it called? Anyway, the one last puts on where they go from one end yeah. of Tennessee to the other, you know, it's like a self-supported thing, right? Yeah. Well, they, you can do yeah. a screwed or crude, so you can do oh, a okay, crude yeah, or you can do a screwed. So, so, uh, um, uh, but a lot of people will just bring, they'll bring two pairs of socks, but in those times they can go to a gas station, clean them out, they'll clean them out. And that way they at least have something that's semi clean. So, yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. Let's talk about like what we kind of alluded to in the beginning that like you've ran the race five times now. So yeah. like, why have you done it so many times? Like before we started recording, we were talking about how, how in the middle Texas is and how far away from everything it is. You keep coming back yeah. to cab to, to run the race. So like what, what draws you in? It's beautiful. I mean, it's some of the most beautiful terrain in, in America. And, and I've lived in, I think nine or 12 States and I've been, you know, I've lived in five, four or five countries. And so, I mean, this is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. When you finish the last stage, you look down into Bryce Canyon, you see those pink cliffs and stuff like that. You just can't, 
can't beat that. Then you start the first day. Like I always tell people like who have never done Grand Grand today before. I say, you know, you guys are going to go to your tents, go hang out in your tent, you know, meet your, meet your people, go down to the Grand, go, go down and look into the Grand Canyon with all of your tent mates and your friends that you made in the hotel the night before and stuff like that. But at some point, go by yourself and just sit on the rim of the Grand Canyon and look down. Watch as the birds fly up into your face from down below. It's transcended. There's, I mean, it's really like it's spiritual almost. And I'm not like a, that, that, you know, there, there's no atheist in a foxhole, they say. But, you know, to me, it's one of the most, I don't know, enchanted places is probably a really good word to use. And when you finish, like I said, the first day when you finish um, this stage one, when you're, before you have to climb that miserable hill, uh, go left and then go right towards the camp. It takes forever to get there. And for me, it's the end of the day. But you're, you see the different um, rock formations, the white and the pink and, you know, the cliffs where the condors live and stuff like that. You know, it's really beautiful. Um, and it, it's hard. I mean, it's, you know, it's still in the top 10 hardest races on the planet. And it was actually named that the first two or three years it was in existence, they realized how difficult it was. Um, and uh, I, I think because it's the United States, you don't have to deal with customs. You don't have to deal with visas. You don't have to deal with, you know, people looking at your food and going, oh, you can't take like the first time I, when I did China, the first stage race I ever did, I had taken a bunch of food. And I used a bunch of you know, MREs, because again, I was my first race, I didn't really know, and blah, 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 but my food never made it, so I had to borrow food from people from, like, England and stuff like that, and they eat food different than us, and I'm just like, it was hard for me to finish that race, because I didn't have food that I, that I knew, but if anything happens in Canab, you can go to the, there's two big grocery stores there, you can go buy what you need at the grocery store, there's a camping store there, so if anything happens, you can always, like, figure it out, you know, because you're still in America, and um, it's, when you leave America and go do a race someplace else, it's a different, it's a whole different animal, and, um, you know, two of the other biggest reasons are Colin and Tess, obviously, I mean, you know, Tess is always out there, and Colin's always gives a good brief, and, and, uh, and then, uh, and then, of course, the volunteers are awesome there, they always take really good care of you, and, I was in, where was I at? I was in Atacama and I asked for a bottle of water because I, I had just given a bunch of my water to a guy who ran out and I, I helped him get to the aid station. I, I was in Atacama and I asked for an extra bottle of water because I'd given most of my water away. And, and the guy said, we don't have any. And there were stacks of water. I could see them. And I'm like, look, you give me a bottle of water now. And the guy literally threw the bottle of water at me. Literally threw it at me. I'm like, I, I paid $3,100 to be here and you're throwing water at me because I gave water to somebody else. That's never happened at Grand and Grand. Never. I mean, if you need it, they're going to give it to you. And so, you know, I, I think the volunteers are awesome. The area is beautiful. The race director puts on a great race. They always have the event, you know, on the, the after the long stage where they bring out like cowboys and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. You know, they have different events every year. The pre-race post-race are good. I'm glad though, because they used to, this used to bother me. We used to finish the race. Like the first few races they had, we used to finish the race and have to go all the way back to Vegas 
uh, for the, the after party. And you're riding this bus for like four hours, it seemed. I, I don't even remember. It was a long way, but you just stink. <laughs> but now they do it in cannabis, to me, makes much more sense. And I think it brings, you know, helps out the cannabis economy and stuff like that. So, you know. Yeah, plus you have a way shorter bus ride and you can take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just remember Kenny and I were sitting next to each other. I could smell Kenny and now Kenny could smell me. But I was just like, I had to put my head out the window at one point. I'm like, Ken, you'd stink bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, you're <laughs> pretty gnarly. People, but there's people like Louise and Garth and, you know, the Jar of Hope guys, you know, J- James Raffone and, and Rick and there's Leanne and obviously, you know, there's the rival between Gary and myself, you know, Gary Jackets, whether or not he's ever going to catch me, you know, there, there's a, it's a, it's a smaller community. Like, you know, when you talk about stage racing, like if you look at runners, like 5k guys, and then there's half marathoners, marathons, people don't do a lot, not a lot of people do ultras and, and very few do stage races. And, um, uh, so it's a very, very small community. And, and to go back and see the same people, I've run with people like I've run with people in Egypt. I've run with people that I ran with Egypt. I've run at Grand to Grand with I've, people that I met in China. I've run at Grand to Grand with and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a small community and it's a, it's a great community because it's a completely different mindset. Stage racing is a much different mindset than even a hundred mile. And I've done a bunch of hunters, too. So. You know, but it's a it's a totally different mindset when you've got to pack all your stuff and know that the only way you're going to get across that finish line is because of you. No pacer, no none of that. So, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it and truly I've, is. I've, I've crewed a bunch. Like I crew crew almost every year out of Badwater and other places, and and so you know it's I, I, it's a much different when it's all you. It's different. You know? Definitely. And I just as we wrap up here, I think that's kind of the cool part about running is like. If you want to run like 400 meters on a track, that's great. If you want to run stage races, that's great. There's kind of room for everybody and everybody's right. personalities. And, right. and you can always test yourself if you want to start running short stuff or long stuff or stage races. You can always find something that will test you truly. And yeah. it's, it's a really cool community too, like you're saying. So Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, thanks, Vincent, for your time. I really appreciate it. It was interesting yeah. to hear like kind of grossed me out a little bit about the blisters and everything, but um, that's why I'm, I don't work in the medical field. <laughs> uh, I could tell you more stories than that though. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. So, and, and um, I will be at Grand Grand this year uh, for the sixth time. Uh, Cause I got to stay here ahead of Gary. And if anybody is watching this, they want, if they want advice prior to Grand Grand, uh, you're more than welcome to contact me on my website on trailtoes.com. Uh, just go to the contact page and, and if you have questions or if you want to do a one-on-one uh, uh, f- uh, uh, phone conference or something like that, I'm more than welcome to do that or willing to do that with anybody. You know, I work with Band of Runners and we just put on a big uh, blister class for Band of Runners and stuff like that. And so it's something I'm passionate about and, and, and anything I can do to help, obviously, I'm, I'm here for. So. Awesome. Thanks, Vincent. Um, Appreciate that. And um, we'll have to chat soon. I guess we'll see you in September, though.